All right. Well, welcome to the Nine Panel. I'm here with uh, Joan, Rita, and Wes. And uh, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Start with Joan. I'm an executive coach and a leadership development trainer. Been studying the Enneagram about 25 years or so, teaching it. It's informed the changes that I've wanted to make in my career over that period of time. That's probably the one of the biggest changes that mm. I've gotten from it. Rita. Uh, my name is Rita. I'm married to my husband, Greg, who is in ministry. I am a business manager at a private Christian school in the area, uh, mother to three adult children. And I've just started working on the Enneagram with Joel about a year ago, maybe a year yeah. and a half. So this is kind of new to me. I'd be the baby of the family here. Awesome. <laughs> I'm Wes Simons. Got a uh, wife, two boys, and two grandchildren. So um, that's a big part of our, our lives right now. For a few decades, uh, almost four, I was a therapist. Actually got an MDiv in pastoral counseling, but then, and then some post-grad work in family therapy. So I ended up being hired at a uh, social service agency, became the director, and we did a lot of work with adolescents and their families. Um, so for about four decades, I was a therapist and then got training in uh, spiritual direction. And that's where I learned about the Enneagram a few years ago. That's actually a, a significant piece of my history that I think informs my nine type is that I am a son of um, sort of classic old-fashioned missionaries and spent 15 years of my life in the Philippines, came back here after I graduated high school. So, All right. Thank you. So uh, type nines are described in the literature as being peacemakers, um, uh, folks who want to keep harmony with people, uh, want to seek comfort, want to keep that connection with people that they care about, and oftentimes end up merging uh, with more assertive personalities as a way to keep that peace and harmony and connection. Oftentimes, as a result, end up forgetting or repressing um, their own desires, their own thoughts, their own feelings along the way. So anything else you would add to that? Or uh, does that describe you guys fairly well? Or what would you say? I think a corollary to that would be indecision, sometimes lack of initiative. And in terms of my history, um, and in my family, it's about people pleasing, not just, you know, keeping the peace or the difference between, I think, as a young nine, it was more of a peacekeeper as opposed to a peacemaker. I think now more developed and being more aware of myself and actually interested in being a peacemaker as opposed to just keeping the peace on a more superficial level. The difference between a peacemaker and peacekeeper, there's this idea of keeping the peace at all costs, and sometimes that's really unhealthy costs. Um, in other words, you just another word for peacekeeper could be conflict avoider. Right, you're just trying to avoid conflict at all at all costs because it's too uncomfortable, you know. And like I said, in our our family, uh, anger wasn't really a permissible um, emotion, so you just tried to keep the peace at all costs. And the cost was any kind of awareness of what how how you're feeling, what's going on, um, and being able to express you know approach. Appropriate yeah, I emotion. agree with that. I yeah. think that's that's exactly right. And it could be changing the subject. It could be um, actively jumping in and trying to mediate a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The distinction then for peacemaker is you are trying to see the reality that is there and take an active role in trying to facilitate some peace there, but not ignoring any of the reality that, that is there. So you're, you, you become okay with, I became more comfortable with, and now, in, for instance, in my, my marriage or in family, if there is a conflict or something, uh, it's about not just keeping the peace, it's about making peace by working through the, diff going through the difficult work of getting to some resolution, which that's what will, will uh, keep the peace as opposed to just keep it more. Well, and not being afraid to jump in right. and do that. Yeah, yeah. And being more active of saying, okay, so something seems to be going on. So even if there's no conflict overtly, 
let's figure out what's going on. Or there was an argument, let's, but it was left open-ended or unresolved. Let's talk about that, figure it out, and, and really try to get to the bottom of it. And, of course, that's what my work ended up being professionally, um, you know, as, as a therapist in, in families and couples and that kind of thing as well. So I became much more comfortable with that but did not grow up that way, you know, mm. as a nine. My parents' profession and livelihood was all about what people did think of them. So being a nine, you know, often described as people pleasers, that was a huge part of my history was being a people pleaser. And um, again, a corollary, I think, to what you were saying was I wasn't aware of what my feelings were at all, you know, mostly as, as a kid and anger was not allowed. So uh, all that got yeah, just uh, when you talk about being aware of other people and not so much about what we think or feel was very much a part of my my history. So that took, you know, growing up and self-awareness and, and maturity and all that kind of thing. Because if you ask me how I feel, it was just a fine, fine. And it was not okay to be angry. So, mm. Yeah, you said that really well, Wes. Um, my family situation was a little different. Um, I wasn't so much, I guess I was peacekeeping, but I had to do it from the background because everybody else was pretty loud and opinionated and I wasn't. Um, so it was kind of a, a difficult space to be in, how far to intervene in a situation, for lack of a better word, and how far to stay out. So for me, it was more like staying out of the line of fire because they mm. would be maybe arguing. And there was a lot of anger. And so I'm kind of the opposite. I do have it. But I wasn't going to show any because everybody else was. So it was to take the opposite path. Um, I love what you said about being a peacemaker. That's more relevant to me now. Um, but it did take, and I'm still working on it, um, understanding that, yes, I get angry. And I can learn to appropriately deal with that because if I don't, and I pretend it doesn't exist or I stuff it or whatever, it's going to explode on me. So it's been a process of, of learning that. Rita, I wonder what you think about that. Because, I mean, this is like uh, you guys have definitely done a lot of work with your type. And you mentioned you're fairly new to this. Um, so I'd love to yeah. hear from you. So I would say I'm still on a, on a big learning curve with mm -hmm. learning how to be a peacemaker. For me growing up, uh, there was a lot of uh, what I feel or what I remember is a lot of anger in my home. Um, but I think it was uh, kind of passive aggressive because mm -hmm. uh, my mother uh, had a lot of reasons for being angry and not mm -hmm. feeling well, a lot of headaches and a lot of history in her past. And also growing up that you, you're, you're quiet, uh, you fly under the radar. But then I feel like as an adult for her, there was a lot of anger behind that. So then what I did was fly under the radar mm -hmm. <laughs> and, exactly. Not, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. not engage it. So I just tried to avoid a conflict by doing sure. that. So then, um, you know, as I got older and, and working with Joel, I know it's my inclination to be a peacemaker, but I'm trying to always identify at to what cost um, I'm doing that or how to do it well. I'm still mm -hmm. in a major learning curve with that. Yeah, I appreciate, boy, I appreciate the the depth here. Um, and there's a lot of self-awareness in this room. And, and I'm sure you've had to work through, like, what are the cues that you now know uh, and recognize are, I've gone too far as being the peacekeeper and, and not gotten to the peacemaker here. But let's just sort of uh, jump into um, a few more questions here and, and see see if and, and feel free to come back to this and, and, and keep adding to that because your your family history will definitely play a significant role in, in how you think about even you know your current peacemaking or peacekeeping. Um, so what is it like uh, to be in relationship with with you? Well, I think it could be quite confusing. As Wes said earlier, my experience is that it's really hard for me to know what I'm feeling. So if the relationship with, is with someone who is clear about their feelings and doesn't understand that when I say I don't know, that it, I'm being truthful, mm -hmm. there can be conflict. So you, they, they might actually think you're, you're what? You're avoiding, you're denying, you're... Well, I've, in, 
in a number of situations had somebody say to me, how can you not know? Mm-hmm. And I don't. And I'm a little better at it now. But the thing about type is it never goes away. And we don't want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm fond of saying, Joel will have heard this from me before, is it just gets more subtle. It gets kind of sneaky and in the background. But the pattern is still there. So if somebody says to me, tell me how you're feeling or tell me what you actually want, in the moment, it's very difficult for me to answer, even now. I know it's an issue, but I still can't. So what I've learned to do is to remind myself, I can't do that right now. Give me a minute. Let me step back and get you out of my view screen or my energy, and then maybe I can give you an answer. But a lot of people don't understand that we we honestly don't know. Um, and I think that comes from what Rita said, which is learning to fly under the radar. If, you, if you're trying to fly under the radar, you can't really engage any strong feelings or opinions because that interferes with that trying to blend in or be unseen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also has to do with your, your focus of attention too, exactly. right? For nines, exactly. we're focused on what other people are thinking or feeling right. as opposed to us. So we're, as opposed to some of the other types, their, their feelings are right there. Right. And I married somebody who's, right. there's no question about how she's feeling. You can tell you right away. Yeah. Whereas for me, like you said, I may have to say, well, you know what, let me think about that or, or give yeah. me a minute or, or several minutes. Yeah. That's part of the indecisiveness too, uh, just in making some decisions. Cause I may not, now, being older, I, I'm very clear about some of the things I like and don't like. But certainly younger, it wasn't like I was given that permission or I didn't give myself that permission to figure yeah, out what exactly. I really liked or wanted. And, and, and the corollary of that then obviously is, is how I feel. So, But yeah, you ask, ask Diana how she's feeling and she can tell right away. And there's times I literally w- would say, well, I don't know. But then if I take some time, that's part of the other thing about what it's like to be in a relationship with us is give us some time. Mm. We do need patience, which often we're married to people who aren't patient or we pair up with people who may not be um, as patient as a classic nine. But giving ourselves the permission to say, hey, you know what? I I need some time to think about that. I need processing time because it's not a knee-jerk thing. Yeah, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but for me, when I'm first in a relationship with somebody, somebody I will always think the best. Mm. I And I'll think the best for a long time. It's really hard for me to see their faults. Yep. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that works out really well and sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, no, I always exactly. see the best in people for mm-hmm. a long time. Mm. And I, I don't know about you, but I'm always surprised when somebody does something that I just couldn't imagine them doing or right. they kind of disappoint me. Or and I'm can, surprised yeah. when other people point out faults about other people. Exactly, I'm like, mm-hmm. yes. Really? really? Yes. I never thought about that. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> yeah, doesn't register for yeah, me initially. That's, that's a good one because it's interesting. Just, again, in our marriage, Diana will often say that she's cynical of people. Um, part of that's, you know, her history and also, you know, her type. But I, I very much resonate with that, thinking the best of people yeah. initially until you prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes I'm surprised or surprised at what some other people... I'm yeah, or time, I feel bad. Yeah. feel bad that they pointed out something wrong about yeah. other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause then, yeah, you have to think something else about them, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. As opposed to thinking the best. So that's, that's uh, definitely a... I think it can be both a strength and a liability. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's often good to start with thinking the best of people as opposed to being really cynical about who they are or what, what's going on. But that, that came up even this, in this recent vacation that uh, the two of us uh, took. There were a few times when I was thinking one thing about a situation and she was thinking almost the exact opposite. So mm. that's definitely part of being in a nine. Is, is, yeah, mm. I have lived for a long time among a large group of eights, um, one uh, being my younger daughter. And I was having dinner with her last night and telling her a situation where exactly this happened, where I thought that the people in a group I was working in were really well-intentioned, and I didn't see anything. And then it turned out they weren't. 
And she just looked at me and she said, Mom, how did you not see that? Mm-hmm. And it's that frame of reference. It's like I, I don't look for it and then I get super surprised. Mm-hmm. And then when I do see it, I have the same question she had. Why don't I see the clues that somebody is not acting in my own interest? And from this instant, this example, the only one I know is I was getting more and more annoyed and irritated with these people mm-hmm. to the point where I, I actually got angry, which is very unusual. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the clue that I knew something was wrong. And the more annoyed and the more irritated I got, um, I think it was trying to tell me, and I just didn't see it. Mm-hmm. You brought up a great point. Like you're, you're talking to another type that uh, you mentioned, type eights, um, who are who tend to start with distrust and tend to start with um, with seeking out uh, what could be wrong or what could be bad or what could be unsafe, or um, but. Um, you don't. So there's, and, and that supports the eight structure. That supports the eight type to actually approach life that way. It's part of the pattern. How does the, uh, uh, the optimism, the belief that other people are, are good and that they're wonderful and that uh, you see the good in, in, in others, how does that support your type? How does that fit within the pattern? You just want things to feel good and be at peace. And so you, that's where you start. For me, that's what that's. Yeah. that's I think that's I the center helps, of it. Yeah, it helps with the the peace part yeah. of it. You don't want. You never want to be. Rita just said it really well. You never want to be uncomfortable. You don't want other people to be uncomfortable, which is why it's so hard to make a decision. You're going to assume that everybody. I mean, we all do this. Different types. You're going to assume that other people have the same goal, and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> which is one of the things that's so interesting about the system. But it really is a surprise, and then it's a discomfort when somebody either disagrees or does something that, for me, it's always, if it's something that I would never do to someone else, you know, it's just, I can't understand. And that's that's what will make me angry. The way you're answering it makes a makes a lot of sense of the type, and it's very helpful, I think, because some other people who might be listening are are thinking, why in the world would you start out with? I mean, for them, it's about safety. It's about making sure that the that uh, that they're protected and that the people that they love are protected. So they start out by looking at what could go wrong, you know. And uh, so this is helpful for uh, folks to understand that it's different for the type nine. For you, it is about maintaining harmony, peace, comfort, and, and connection. And so it's important to start with that as a, you know, the the optimism, the belief that things are good and that everything is fine. Well, uh, it's another thing in terms of the safety issue, approaching the safety issue from a different, for nines, they're feeling safe with being, keeping things comfortable. And or, under the radar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And not seeing those things, whereas, for instance, an eight is going to look at weight to keep things safe. I want to see if there's some possible issues or dangers going on here. So, I don't know if this is tied to being a nine, but I feel like I'm not a very good conversationalist. If there's something I'm passionate about or I'm really interested in, I can talk about it, and that's fine. But in terms of um, just carrying on, going on a shallow level, I don't feel like I can do that real well. Uh, And I admire people who it seems like they could talk to an ice cube. Um, And I know some people in our extended family that are like that. And it's amazing to me. Um, so they can talk to a tree and, but they might be in sales or something like that. And they're really good at it. And I just admire that, but I don't feel like it's something I do very well. I hadn't thought of it that way, Wes. That helps. Um, I don't like small talk, but there isn't anything that I don't love more than a really good deep conversation. The problem is that sometimes you have to do the light conversation to get to the good one. So I have noticed that I've learned a little bit. Um, What helped was to not be afraid that I didn't know what to say, which would stop me in in a social situation where there was no—I didn't know anybody, let's say. So I had to learn how to do a little bit of small talk so that I could find out, is this somebody that I really want to talk to or not? And then if it wasn't and they were talking at me rather than to me would be my language, then I could move on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had to 
push myself to do that because it's not it's not natural. Well, I totally identify with what you say. And for me, what I've been grateful for is being in jobs or positions that force me to do that exactly. so that I would yes. so that I would have to do it because otherwise there was no way that I would do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, working in a school and working with lots of parents, you have to do that or promoting the school. Mm-hmm. So it's not my comfort zone, but I'm grateful for the times that I've been forced to do it to learn how to exactly. do it. But it's not my natural default. Right, me either. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. What do you guys need from relationships, from others? Honesty. Honesty is huge for yeah. me. Yeah. I agree. If I if I have an inkling that people are not being honest, I just like check. <laughs> I just I I that's pretty much a, not disposable because I don't dispose people, but it's really huge for me. I mm-hmm. will. Yeah. I I will pull way back mm-hmm. and not be able to engage meaningfully. I might even completely cut it off. I've watched myself do that. Not very often. The other thing is a little bit of patience, uh, or more than a little patience. It relates to what Wes said before. I, I don't do well if somebody's pushing me and demanding. I really hate it when anyone tells me what to do. And what I've said in the past is you can ask me and if you ask me, I'll do pretty much anything as long as it's not dangerous. Mm-hmm. Tell me to do it. Forget it. And some of that is my family. But I think it it plugs into the piece about nine that we know exists, which is that we really can be stubborn. And for me, that's what's going to trip the stubborn. You tell me I have to? Uh-uh. It's, it's my primary way of asserting myself, has always been even as a little kid. Yeah. So would we agree that um, distancing, shut, shutting down, that's yeah, the term that, that, Yeah, that, exactly. That, yeah. So shutting down is probably a corollary of passive-aggressive in some ways. Mm-hmm. Like Now, there's times when I shut down just because if somebody tells me to do something, I'm not necessarily trying to get back at them by being passively aggressive to them. I'm just thinking, okay, so how am I going to deal with this? And that's, that may take some, some time to process. But there's other times when it could be passive-aggressive, like, yeah, you're not going to tell me what to do. And uh, yeah. so it, I, I relate to that that piece of it as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I, one of the things in, in that Diana identifies for me from time to time is um, I feel like you're shut down. Um, and there's times when it's genuinely mm-hmm. pulling away because I'm angry about something or I don't know how to respond. So I'm just, I'm I'm feeling or looking distant or shut down when I'm, actually have some other struggle going on. But, yeah, the shutting down is just another piece of this. Actually, for me, I think the shutting down comes with the dishonesty, like Rita said. Mm -hmm. The other stuff, it's more like a slowdown. Like, you tell me I have to do it, and I don't think I can say it. Not so much anymore, but when I was younger. Um, And I don't think I can say no. But my ability to follow through on whatever it is you told me I had to do seems to go away and so things move very slowly or don't happen Um, because I don't want to say no because that's going to create conflict Mm -hmm. I remember many times where I would just slow down to the point where you know somebody would get aggravated and go do it themselves (laughs) and I think that's it It, it's just if you had asked me nicely you know it would have been fine Mm -hmm. But you didn't. So mm-hmm. it, there has to be some way for us to assert ourselves, and I think maybe that's it. And it isn't really passive-aggressive. It's just I don't know how to tell you that I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to say no or I can't do that right now. Exactly. Rita, you gave a look, though. Like, I'm not sure if I'm reading your face right. Are you relating to this, or is there some parts of it that you feel like uh, you respond differently? I, I'm trying to think of if I relate to this. That's why, okay. I'm, that's why I have yeah. a confused look. Um so I get so I think what I tend to do is if I'm told to do something, I will do it. I won't shut down. I will do it, but I will emotionally shut down. Mm-hmm. So I think that must come from my upbringing because you just did what you were told. Yeah. There was no yes or no. So I, so I'm trying to think in relationship to work. One thing in my in my immediate family, I don't think I have a lot of people that would tell me what to do. Like we're all kind of like. 
I don't know. I don't. There's no AIDS, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I'm not dealing with that. Um, so that doesn't really happen at my but whole life. But I think life, that the work. emotional shutdown is actually the center of all of this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because yeah. on the outside, I mean, I might say that I slow down, and but if I absolutely have to do it, like you said, I yeah. will. But I'll do it no matter what, just so people are pleased. I think maybe okay. that's the difference. Okay. But but then I will be mad. And so I think that's okay. part of going to Joel yeah. and saying, I, I see where I am. I see where I want to be. I don't know how to get there. It's like dealing with that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. why are you feeling that way? And how can you change your response to be more in line with who you are and true to yourself? Yeah. So yeah. I need a lot of work in that area. In my family, everybody told you what to do, what to think, how to feel all the time. So it was the opposite. Yeah. And But I think the response in some ways was the same. You can't, you can't get at me. You can make me do this task. But you're not going to get me to agree with you. You're not going to get me to approve of it. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get me all in. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So you guys, I mean, this is this is really good because it's important that we're not seeking – one answer or a a common answer because it, it really represents the diversity that's among nines in terms of how you respond. The pattern might be the same, the core motivations are the same, but the but the expression or the way you respond to life and circumstances will have some variations as well. So, um, so with some of the things you guys mentioned in terms of what you what you need from relationships, people being patient with you, people asking not demanding from you. Uh, honesty is a big deal. Yeah, I would just add to that. Um, often, I would put it in terms of authenticity. If I, um, and it's they're obviously related, but if you're having a conversation and I just pick up on the fact that the person doesn't seem very authentic, then it's hard, for instance, to go deeper with somebody you don't What's feel that? as being. That would be, you know, like not being honest. But I was just that was the word that kind of came to mind that uh, was triggered when you talked about somebody being honest with you. Mm-hmm. So if it feels like just a, a longer-term relationship doesn't seem authentic, then I have trouble diving in or investing in it. You know? yeah, I think the other thing in a relationship is I have to feel that it's somehow mutual. Mm-hmm. Because so often being the sort of one in the background who just does stuff to keep things going... I can, after a while, get resentful. And if if somebody's just taking and taking and taking from me, I will eventually see that, probably faster now than I used to. Mm. And that's not good. So I want it to be mutual. And if it is, I think I can bring more of my own opinion and my own intellect and all of that forward. Anything else you would add besides these these things that we've just talked about? How about being seen? Um, does that ever come up for you guys? I think more in terms of uh, words of affirmation go a long way. So I don't you know if that's it. the you same just got as it. yeah, that's same perfect. as being seen. Like I don't want to be seen. I don't need to be on the stage, on the stage. having lots of no, attention. But if I, yeah. if there are some words of affirmation, even in private. That goes a long That's way. That's it. Yeah. It's actually a word I wrote down after that question was affirmation. Mm. There's a lot of, did I do it right? Am I doing it right? And, you know, in the background mm. that you won't see. Um, this came up this week, and I got in a difficult business situation, and it was kind of a bunch of people coming at me trying to blame me for something. And I was starting to accept that they were right until— a few people who I really respect said, wait a minute, that's not right. You didn't do anything wrong. And it kind of shifted the whole emotional tone for me. It does have to be someone I respect. Mm-hmm. So another word that I wrote down was initiative. We need often other people to take initiative because that's not, I would say that's not really our Strength, right, is taking initiative. So for what we need, what I often need in a relationship is for people to take initiative. And then I'm happy to respond, you know. Um, but, and I've learned to take more initiative as I got older. 
but that was definitely not a natural part of being a nine because you're paying attention to what other people want and need and you're often responding to that. So if there's nothing going on, you know, um, we're not necessarily going to be the person to, to take the initiative. And in terms of relationships, when I was young, I always waited for other people because in, just in terms of my history and things like that, um, I was never going to be the one to initiate a relationship. It was all about other people. I would respond I to other people. I think that's true. So I think initiative is a is a huge piece, both uh, even when, you know, as an immature nine or undeveloped nine, and then later on, um, it may not be as high a need. But um, in terms of our, our rhythm, we're generally just not going to be taking as much initiative as other types. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Rita, what do you think? You'd... I agree. Yeah, I've kind of flipped to the other side over time, partly intentionally because there were some things I wanted to do, which required me to learn to take initiative. Yeah. And I don't know that it's natural. Um, It's wonderful, and I'm really happy that I learned to do it. Um, Joel knows this story, but part of this came from being very, very quiet and um, really wanting to teach. And while I don't love being in front of a room, um, it doesn't scare me anymore. And what I get back from it is is worth it. Um, so I don't want the affirmation of it. I want the conversation and the communication. and the, I want to see that I can offer something meaningful. Maybe the way to describe it is that the type is still there, but it kind of recedes a little bit. Or it softens a little bit because I don't, I don't feel the type and I don't feel my focus being out on other people. I feel like I'm really centered if I'm really in it. Mm, We've had conversations yeah. like that. We've talked about it. Yeah. yeah. If that makes sense. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, I also wonder in terms of people who type nines that, um, and we don't want to get too much into subtypes because this is, a, this would be for another podcast, but um, social subtype of the nine might appear to take more initiative because what they pick up on are the the group in its desires, and then they can kind of drive mm-hmm. that. And yeah. I've known a few social uh, nines that seemed that way. They seemed more driven, but that's what's really functioning is it's still taking the energy from the room and, and um, you know, and then converting that. Many nines that I've met and spoken to, what you hear repeatedly is, I don't know how this happened, but I found myself at the head of the committee. Or, I don't quite <laughs> yes. understand who, interesting. Wow. who in me volunteered, but I mm. there's something about having a job or a role or a task that makes it easier to move forward. Like if I know what my what my role is, it's a lot easier. That's also a way for me in a social situation. If I have an idea of what I'm there for, it relieves a lot of the nine pressure of confusion and what do I do and who who am I pleasing and, and all of that because I can focus. Mm. So that's another easily. that's another <laughs> need that you would bring up then. I mean, another oh, yeah. need that you have from relationships is the that's clarity. Right. Like, yeah. what is this? Uh, that's right. Yeah, what are the right. what do you what are the expectations of me right. in this particular role, whether it's at work or right. in the family? Um, yeah, David Daniels, who was one of our teachers, used to say that nines do everything on the receptive. So, what it feels like is almost like you get drawn into doing something rather than you initiate. And Thinking, go hey, forward. I really want to go for that position. Yeah, it's almost right. the difference. It's one of the differences between two and nine, but it. It literally, to me, feels like I don't quite know how I got there, but I can feel that I that I got drawn. And then when you're there, you want clarity on exactly what needs exactly. to happen. That's right. Mm. Because exactly. if it's okay. not clear, and if people don't do what's supposed to happen, it's very frustrating. So you I'm like, it. oh, I'll just be a follower, not a leader. Yeah, that's, that's right. really good. That's so it goes to the agenda thing. Yeah. That's part of the what's oftentimes said about nines is reading the agenda of the of those around them. And if you're, and I've heard from many nines that I coach that just 
when they're really deeply stressed is when they're trying to discern that agenda and they're not picking up on it. They're not sure what yeah. am I supposed to do here in this situation, uh, whether it's, you know, at home or at work. Especially if we don't, for me, if I don't know what their motives are. Mm. I have said very often, I will not compete with you. And if you try to compete with me, I'm out of here. I, I just, I can't tolerate it. Well, and I was just going to respond also to you right. talking about how there are leadership things that you have done or there's ways in which you sort of have been able to take some initiative. But, you know, you grew up with a lot of eights, so you had those as models. And also eight is our wing, right? So there's times when maybe we, for whatever reason, we may be pushed pushed into that. Like in my agency, an agency I realized I took a lot of initiative this time when a position was going to be cut, and it took a lot of work, extra work, long hours, getting letters, talking to people, making appointments with people in leadership. and, and So it took a lot, but I wouldn't – that wouldn't be my normal operating way in the world. It was uh, – that took a lot of effort and um, – just it wasn't as natural, but I felt committed to it. Like this is the right thing to do, so I'm, I'm just gonna go for it. You know, whatever it takes. I'm not so sure that it isn't natural to us. What mm. I think is natural to to us as nines is to be able and willing to give it all mm. energetically and time and all that. If we really think it's important, if we really want to. But it's almost impossible if we don't think it's important yes, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, for some reason we don't value It seems what frivolous or, you know, surface yeah. kind of a thing. Because it doesn't – when I throw myself into something like that, which I do more often as I'm older, it doesn't feel like work and it doesn't feel tiring. And I hmm. – maybe the nine engaging because I'm connected to I want this. Mm-hmm. Which is very rare. <laughs> you know? right. it's, it's not as common as some of the other types. It's exactly. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you guys a really tough question. You uh -oh. ready? Yeah. <laughs> what do you bring to a relationship? Calm. I knew it was going to be tough. Silence oh. in the room here. Calm, quiet, <laughs> peaceful. Yeah. Patience. Patience. Yeah, Long-suffering, right? Yeah. Um, supportive. Peacefulness. Tolerance. What's interesting, Diana, even in the last, after, you know, decades of marriage, she's re referred to me a couple times when she's stressed out about something as being her touchstone. So that's those are her words, not mine, but that's the feedback mm. that I got in terms of what I was bringing to her. And she's often, you know, said that, you know, uh, over the years, so. I think that's right. Um, there's a, something solid. Um, we're not real good at artifice. We're not good at putting on mm -hmm. a show in any way. Um, you can find people come to you guys like out of the blue and you don't even know them and they'll yeah. come into, yeah. just sort of open up to you. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's part of why I went into being yeah. a therapist. Yeah, yeah being reliable, um, open. Empathic, you know, if we convey yeah. empathy. Um, that's true. That's, yeah. That's a, yeah, I think that's a, that's, that's one, one thing that we, and we bring to relationship. And unless you, unless you give me a really strong reason, I'm going to be pretty non judgmental. Mm. If you really upset me or do something dishonest, mm -hmm. that's going to, might trip it, but usually I'm not going to judge. I would also add that I would serve you. I'm not hesitant to serve you. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. 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 Service, I think, is a, is a big one. I think, too, there's a difference. Like, I will serve you because I really would like to, not because I'm expecting anything in return. That's right. Mm. I really am not. I'm just happy to do that. Mm. So I don't think that's always the case with people. But. Well, and it wasn't like I, I would do service before, you know, much younger because I wasn't able to say no. Couldn't say no. It was part of often part of being a nine. 
But as I learned to say no, then I realized that part of me did not go away. I still mm. uh, yeah. enjoyed generally helping people. Yeah. Talk so. about peace, the peacemaker component. Like you, you, you've moved from peacekeeping to peacemaking, um, you know, and of course we're all in that process and you know, never completely all the way there. But in the peacemaking, uh, talk about how that is a gift as well uh, mm-hmm. to the world around you, where you're capable of listening to the different thoughts and the different voices and, you know, people that are even at odds with each other. You're able to hear their perspective and really genuinely hear it as it is. And one nine says, I can, I think I can actually represent their views as about uh, unbiasedly as anybody, you know, probably more so than anybody else can, I can reflect it because I'm not bringing in myself into it. I'm really genuinely hearing them as they are. Um, and they feel heard. They feel understood. No, that's absolutely true. It's really well stated. I mean, the natural tendency and what makes it so hard to make a decision is I can see the validity in this argument. I can mm-hmm. see the validity over here. Yeah. Wes is shaking his head. I can see the validity over there. I don't want to make anybody angry. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. you kind of get caught. Um, yeah. But what you just said, Joel, is, rings very true to me. I can state position A and position B um, Almost as clearly, if it's yours. Clearly. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think that that's a place where we necessarily merge. It's more like I understand what this person is saying and what their concerns are. And I equally can understand this one on the other side. Um, And it allows you to see the bridge Mm -hmm. sometimes. The hard part is if there are people who I'm not emotionally connected to, it's fine. And I can do the peacemaking piece. If there are people any of them, where they matter to me emotionally, it becomes very difficult because I start to then worry about their reaction Mm -hmm. to what I do. Actually makes me think of a question where um, when it comes to this issue of what do you bring to a relationship, how would you differentiate what you bring to the most intimate of relationships versus the other relationships in your life? If it's a close relationship, I sometimes can't tell whether I've taken on their emotion and their feel, which is the merge, mm-hmm. or whether it's mine and and or where the line is between those two. That's where it gets confusing. Hmm. It's a good question, Jim, and I'm not I, I'm I'm trying to figure out what of the characteristics we just talked about would be different with, you know, close relationships or intimate relationships as opposed to other people in general, you know, in the world. I feel like I'm I can be pretty genuine with everybody it's just it won't go as deep necessarily with people i don't know as well but i think the difference for me is that in an intimate relationship if things get rocky i'm going to hang in there mm-hmm. i'm going to stick to it mm-hmm. with relationships that aren't as intimate if they get rocky or they get really opinionated or really strong about something it's not worth it to me i will just back off so a stick to itiveness yeah again, again that's really well said yeah, yeah. I, I, i'm I i'm gonna that. hang in there for the long yeah. haul with yeah, the more intimate with ones i don't know about you guys but i will if i care about it i'll stay way too long because i'll keep trying mm-hmm. if i care i wonder if the part of the downside of that for us or for me is i may stay in something trying to resolve it when maybe a, at a more developed or healthier i would have gotten out sooner exactly yeah how about the confrontation piece of it for the relationships that are that are worth it i don't i don't mind going deep and digging deep to build peace or make peace as opposed to just you know keeping it on a surface surface level that i'm willing to get into the the ugliness the the difficulty get into the messiness with with close relationships there but not with folks outside of that Probably not as much or as naturally, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How about you, Rita? Um, same. I'm still in a spot where with people that I'm not as intimate with but would like to have a relationship with, if there's a conflict, I'm still like, is it worth it? Is it not? Mm-hmm. I'm still <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm still like trying to decide, oh, I don't think it's worth it mm-hmm. to engage a conflict to, in order to resolve an issue in a relationship that I'm not 
that intimately involved in. Still having to tell myself it's for their personal growth as well as yours that you would engage those things, but it's still hard for me. Well, yeah, because the inclination is I don't want to get in there. I, uh, why should I? If it's professionally or not attached to it, no problem. Um, and I think what's well, just— for me, it's the opposite. I, if it's, it's professional and not— then. Or maybe we said the same thing. Then I then I'm like, eh, not worth it. If it's people I'm intimately involved with, then I'm like, okay, I'll go there. Is yours the opposite of that? It may be. It may be trained. Um, oh. You know, I work with a lot of teams where there's a lot of conflict, and yeah. I can do it there oh, because there's oh. nothing personal to me oh, okay. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see. So that confrontation that doesn't scare sense. me. Yeah. Um, the better I know somebody, if it's not like close family. The harder it is to get into a confrontation, because what happens even with sometimes with people I work with, it tends to feel like a friendship or a relationship, and the more it feels like that, the harder it is for me to confront. So I kind of have to learn not to not to make that connection yeah. so much, so that I can do what I need to do. Yeah. If that makes sense. Here's a possible confusion that your type might bring into a relationship. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not being able to make make decisions, um, lack of initiative, sometimes uh, needing more time to process can be taken as maybe uh, distancing or pulling away when we're still engaged. You're just trying to figure things out. Mm, Okay. That's one way I would answer that. Yeah. Then not being able to sort emotions. Um, mm, yeah. Now, sometimes can tell if I'm anxious, but usually someone else has to tell me. Mm-hmm. I'm beginning to learn when I'm actually sad, but again, someone else has to point it out because mm-hmm. there's a disconnect. The biggest disconnect is I'm actually angry right now in this moment. That's really threatening. Hmm. And what I do know is that's the key. Not that you have, for me anyway, not that I have to express it, but I have to realize that it's there. Because if I don't, it gets stuffed and then there's an explosion. And Hmm. when there's an explosion, even if it's really rare, it's really bad. Hmm. Rita, how about you? Thinking what confusion about, do you bring? Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about something in high school. You know, in high school when they give you those uh, titles, I was given <laughs> the superlative of class sweetheart, and I was like, what? <laughs> it was unbelievable to me. I was like, nobody knows me. Like, why would you ever give me class yeah. sweetheart? So when you were talking, I was thinking of that, that it's just because I didn't like anger. It's just because I would— Try and keep the peace so these people that I don't feel like I really know who voted on that. I don't even know. Oh. That's how they saw me. And I was like dumbfounded. Oh, yeah. Like, we, that well, is we, not we, true because I was so conflicted inside. inside. <laughs> yeah. oh, it doesn't absolutely. represent what's going on no. internally. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, it doesn't yeah. show. It yeah. looks kind of calm and peaceful and friendly. Yeah. Even right, that's a not. big confusion piece, <laughs> that's right? right? Because yeah. that's a the, the appearance is a great example. The, the appearance of the nine is yeah. that I'm okay, mm-hmm. everything's fine, mm-hmm. I'm good, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable and, I'm and relaxed. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sweet to you, I'm sweet to everybody. Not yeah, <laughs> not what's going on. <laughs> that's inside. a great yeah. example. I <laughs> yeah. love that. <laughs> well, let me add uh, or ask about another one. You talked about um, shutting down being one of the things that some people can misunderstand. It appears as you're shutting down, but you might not be. At times you are, but at other times you're not. Um, how about the um, sort of agreement, uh, agreeing with people, where it appears that you're agreeing with people, but you're you're not? You had to say mm-hmm. that, didn't you? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could say yes and then not do it. It's not intentional. I might not remember. Again, I hope less now than early, younger. Um, but I really don't want to disagree with you because that's conflict and discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like yes, but sometimes it isn't. 
I would say it not in terms of being asked to do something, but just in general conversation. If somebody's talking about something and giving an opinion about something that I disagree with, I often won't won't uh, let them know. I may say yes, but the yes is I hear you, but I'm not okay. agreeing with you, and I'm not going to tell you that I'm not agreeing with you. Yeah. I'm, That's because yeah. oftentimes I'm just thinking more in a lighter conversation or get in more of a social situation, getting to know somebody, um, especially if they're super opinionated or something, and I know it would be yeah. a conflict. I'm just yeah. like, you know what? I'm not going to go there, or this doesn't feel worth going there, or... Um, it, it, uh, I really it, like I don't what see you the purpose said. in yeah. yeah I don't see the purpose in getting involved in a power struggle right now about mm. this or even well and that's interesting that I'm saying it in terms of a power struggle because it wouldn't have to be a power struggle it'd just be a difference of opinion right but, but it feels like it could be yeah. what you said about oh. I'm saying <clears throat> yes meaning I hear you but mm -hmm. they're not understanding that I think that's exactly right yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not just saying yes is not agreeing with you. It's just I, I'm it's hearing just, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's acknowledgement. Really not, good. Uh, yeah, it's too hard for me to think quickly to have to be able to speak. If I'm in a situation, somebody's being very opinionated about something, I lean way too far into that because it's too hard for me to think quickly mm -hmm. um, to formulate my thoughts to give a different kind of response. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm trying to learn with eights especially, to think about it later and go back and just say, I thought about it some more, and I would just add this. Mm -hmm. Trying yeah. to do that with coworkers. Giving ourselves, I think, it's, it's important, I think, as a nine strength or growth to give ourselves the permission to say, you know what, it's okay to go back. Right. After we've yeah. thought about it, we need more time for processing and say, somebody, you know what, I thought about it, and here's here's what I would say about that. Yeah, that's really good. And, and those are um, some hacks that um, you know we talk about in in the growth panel, and and actually mm -hmm. I, I'm wanting to do even more on that in future uh, podcasts because I think it's extremely helpful for other types, other type nines really, to hear you uh, talk about how you've you know you're, you're able to intercept that pattern and, and kind of uh, create a, a way uh, a way out of that. Um, yeah, so it's really good. Yeah, and it's just it's also just in terms of self awareness about your nineness. Um, to I know in some conversations I've had with Diana, even you know, just in the past year, to just be able to say, "Look, I've got a different rhythm than you. You're faster than me. You process faster." That's than really me. good. Yeah, and yeah, and true. and for both of us to just acknowledge that as, "Oh, that's, that's a difference. That's it's not a, a judgment. It's Absolutely, this just part of who we are. You process faster than me, and sometimes that may get her into some trouble about something, and I'm processing slower, and I, I wish." You know, in a certain circumstance, I could have processed faster. And because she's asked me, well, well, why did you do that? Or why didn't you do that? And I'm, I was, because I was still in the midst of trying to get through it or That's move through really it or familiar. figure yep. out what I wanted to formulate uh, about that situation. So, yeah. But so that's really important that. because what you're doing is you're giving language that's helpful in a relationship for, you know, your wife to understand this is this is what's going on. And for others to understand, you know, in whatever context you're in, um, I had one nine come in and I asked him, you know, for more sort of types like mine, uh, where we make decisions fairly quickly is, you know, I said, hey, I've got this great idea that I think you'll really like. So I threw the idea out to him and he said, okay. <laughs> and by okay, I don't mean yes. <laughs> and uh, and we all laughed. And it was this great moment because he knew that what that meant to me was he's in. He likes the idea. He's ready to, he's ready to roll with it. And so as soon as he said that, it was that self-awareness of like, I know what I'm conveying in this moment. And let me tell you for sure, <laughs> in no uncertain terms, I'm not saying yes to this, you know. Right. I so need to learn to great. do that. I yeah. um. What I've been saying a lot, largely to remind myself, is um, because professionally and educationally in my family, if you press me, I'll give you an answer, a quick answer. I, I'm just, I've learned, I had to do that. If you give me a little time, you will get a better answer. Mm. Um, but I like what you're saying because if I could learn to say to not knee-jerk respond, which I'm trained to do, I think it would be more comfortable for me. Then I don't walk away thinking, why didn't I add, or why didn't I, 
you know. You're laughing, Rita. That's familiar yeah. to you. Yeah, yeah. Many yeah. conversations. Oh, I should have said that, or I should have added that. They, mm-hmm. yeah, especially with people that are really opinionated, like they just, to me, don't always have a balanced perspective on something. I That's really right. feel strongly about this, but there's always another perspective, and I right. wish in the moment I could bring that, but mm. yeah, it's rare. But it doesn't come that fast. No. It just <laughs> doesn't. Okay, here's yeah. a here's another toughie for you. How do your loved ones get to know you? Friends, even friends, even people at work, uh, wherever. How do people get to know you? Yeah, I was going to time is a big one. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I posed that one to Diana. She goes, oh, it was such difficulty, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, it was partly in jest and partly, yeah, because we're not processing as fast, it's going to take more time. But ask. To me, it's about asking questions. That's part of initiative, right, is to, to ask some probing questions because we may not necessarily think of something they would be interested to know about us because we're not focused on ourselves, right? We're often looking the Well, that's also a way out, that right? would help is, is to try to remind me, no, take your focus off of me, put it back on yourself. Okay. Um, I may not like it, mm-hmm. but it will work. Time's a big, a big, big thing for you guys. It has to be the questions when they're asked. They can't be a question asked uh, while someone's while you're doing a hundred different things or you're super busy and you've got to. It, it's really carving out that time where there are no distractions that your attention can get uh, diffused into, and it's just you and this other person, and they're asking you questions, and they're taking time to sit. And even the awkward silence um, of not trying to fill in that space for nines, is that important too as well, that when we ask a question, we actually allow for that awkward space? Right. That- yeah, and it, it, so besides the asking questions, Diana uh, responded to it just saying to spend time and observe me. Just observe what I, and part of that means because I can be an active person, um, show interest in my activities, which would be spending time with me while I'm doing that and then just observing um, what I'm doing and maybe that'll trigger some questions. But again, there's a theme of time there. Yeah, so she's observing you. In other words, for clarification, she's observing you Mm -hmm. and that's what's helping her to then ask questions of you to get to know you a little bit more. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Rita, what about you? For me, if um, like I'm thinking about my kids or my husband take time to plan an event or a fun outing that they know will build memories from, mm-hmm. I love that. That's a great way to get to know me um, or something that, that means a lot to me. So mm-hmm. I keep asking someone to go swing dancing with me, but nobody's gone. Nobody's <laughs> biting. <laughs> That's not something I know how to do, but I'm kind of interested in doing it. If anybody ever stepped up, to, I'd put it on my Christmas list. Take mom swing dancing. Nobody, <laughs> nobody bought that one. <laughs> but just a memorable event, building a memory with me is a great way to get to know me and is really my love language. Huh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the older I get, the more important that is to me because— mm-hmm. The older you get, the harder it is to do certain activities and time's mm-hmm. going on. And so I want to embrace mm-hmm. those activities. Mm-hmm. And if they ever invest in making a memory and doing an event, mm-hmm. it's really yeah. special. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, so what are some expectations you feel others have of you? I can answer relatively quickly um, that I will never be judgmental. And there's times when I am. And that I will always be peaceful or a rock or agreeable. I did the same thing I asked Greg, and he said reliable, faithful, and that I don't play dysfunctional games. Mm. <laughs> I love that. Thank oh. you for me. Right. And the other thing she said is that you will always be a nice guy. <laughs> he, she said people think of you as a nice guy, but, you know, the the expectations is you will always be a nice guy and you know there's going to be times when you know you won't be <laughs> all right next question what do people see or experience that is different for you than what you feel on the inside i always have had this capacity can look calm on the outside 
all kinds of turmoil would go on behind, and it wasn't visible. Mm. And sometimes um, related to what we were just talking about, I think people would think I was more agreeable or understanding than I might actually have been. Because it was hard, so hard to say no, and it was so hard to disagree. For me, I would say confidence and competence. That people maybe the people see that in me, but I'm not feeling that way on the inside mm. at all. Mm-hmm. So it's always a little confusing to me that mm. if people think I'm capable of doing something, I was like, really? I, I don't. I think that they see something very different than what I feel on the inside. Mm. All right, final question. What do you wish those you love knew about you? So I'm thinking primarily my family. Um, I wish that they knew. Um, I really hope they understand how much I love them. Like maybe that's a parent-child thing. It's an incredible love. And I wish that they knew how much they've shaped my life Mm. and challenged me and helped me to become who I am. And that I really, really appreciate that. I don't take that for granted. I'm really grateful for the challenges and the love that they've brought to my life and how much it's shaped who I am. Mm -hmm. I would like them to know that. Thank you. I think my kids know how important they are to me. I hope they understand that whatever I do is always my judgment of their best interest even if sometimes they think it's annoying, and how incredibly proud I am of both of them that I could participate in making them who they are. I think they know that. I'm not sure. Um, On a more simplistic level, just that um, they know that I need my independence, independent time, that I need time to process. Diana knows that, but uh, maybe some of my other family members. And I've learned something very important today. And when you were saying that, reminded me that I get a lot of joy in um, uh, when I serve somebody else and I don't expect anything in return. It does a it does a lot for me, and I can especially if I see it helps the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we talk about the slothful side of the nine, I've always told you, I'm like, I don't get that. I, mm. I'm like a beaver. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like to work and get things done. So I don't understand the slothful. The slothful side is I don't feel that same energy for me That's when exactly I do something right. good for That's me. It. Yeah. That's somebody the definition. Help oh, yeah. recognize okay. that today. Yeah. If you can transfer yeah, that feeling that you get by yeah. helping other people to helping yourself, mm. it, it attacks that slothful side. Yeah. Of the nine that's exactly that is right. directed so at the self care right. part. That was so helpful yeah. to mm-hmm. me. That, that's, that why, that. um, that's why learning about boundaries mm-hmm. for me has been so helpful because when I'm helping somebody and it does good for them, they don't have to appreciate it, but I can see that it does good for yes. them. Yeah. That really feeds me. Right. The articulation and the freedom that we, we have in this space is that everything we're talking about is not. Uh, the, the bad, this is the bad, and this is the good, and this is the bad, and this is the good. We didn't do any of that. No. And that's really what what I think is going to be helpful to people is what we're doing is we're starting with not judgment. We're starting with this is what goes on. <laughs> no. And then there's recognition of like, oh, yeah, right. So that's the low. This is the part that when I do it from this space, it is it doesn't really uh, well, feel good. But what, when I do it this, genuinely yeah. wanting to serve— that's true. It's true of the nine. You want to serve, and it's a wonderful thing. And for anybody to say, like, you shouldn't or you, you're you yeah. serving too much, it's like, that's that's right. the wrong advice. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you actually love to do that. But when you have your own self-awareness of, like, I'm doing this from the space of because I've, it's demanded of me, and I, mm-hmm. and I'm, and I don't want to have conflict, so I'm just doing it. That's that's the, that's the wonderful self awareness. It's a gift yeah. to the people that are listening. But it starts with this sort of space. Of well, just, we're teaching each know. other, and yeah. if you haven't created the space and the non judgment for us to do that, especially with nine. I mean, I can speak for myself. I will not do or say what I just said unless it feels safe. Mm. It's a huge deal, and it very often 
it's very rare that it does feel safe mm. as much as work as mm. I've done. Mm. So there's mm. a big piece of what you've created, and I've said this to you before, um, that allows this and and feeds the learning piece of it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You guys are, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying and, and wanting to convey this. Uh, I think as body types, your tendency is much more towards um, action and towards serving. Um, and it's more difficult to sometimes convey in words, in emotion, uh, what you're feeling. But that does not mean that that's not happening underneath and that you've clearly communicated that, um, that depth of emotion here. Um, in this final question. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's been an honor to have all three of you here and uh, your answers and depth of understanding has been uh, incredible. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. You can find out more about us at www.theartofgrowth.org. That's the place to learn more about our comprehensive training and coaching programs for organizations around team health. And you can also reach out to us there about individual coaching as well. And there are many tools on the Art of Growth website to help you on your journey. We'd also encourage you to check out the main Art of Growth podcast. Grace and growth, my friends.